Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Hi there, I'm Jack Ward, and this special mini-summer series is Remembering Mark Brissy, one of the golden age of modern audio drama pioneers. And I'm here with another golden age audio drama pioneer, author of such instant classics as Far Horizons, The Section 31 Files, and of course, The Byron Chronicles. Thank you for joining me, Eric Busby. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you, Jack? I'm good. It's it's been kind of, if you're anything like me, the news was stunning. I heard it from you. I heard it from Facebook from you. And I just, I, I sometimes feel like I'm still kind of processing it. I'm, st- I'm expecting him to contact me. You did a lot with Mark Brzee way back in the early days of Darker Projects. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. When you guys first connected at all? I was doing the Section 31 files when I was learning all about how to do audio. I mean, I'd been a DJ back in the good old days, but uh, technology has changed fastly since those days. So, uh, when I started doing it and I was going to do my own thing, but I thought maybe I should do a fan fiction thing so I can get the handle of it. So I had done the, I think, believe the third episode where I killed off the character of Jude and brought him back as a hologram. And I got an email saying how creative that idea was to actually take the risk and kill your own characters off and then bring them back as a different medic medium. And that was from Mark Brise. And he actually mentioned in the email, it was an actor. So I emailed him back and I said, do you need, do you have a microphone? Do you, do you, do you do any acting and stuff like that? And that's pretty much where it took off. And he joined me and well, the rest is history at that point. Wow. And those were the early, early days where it was hard finding good microphone sounds to blend in together. You guys. Or anybody who could act. It's sort of like most people. Oh, look, the monster's running at me. No. Ah, it's like, okay, we really got to work on your dialogue. (laughs) And the sound effects and the whole thing. It was really just stone knives and bear skins we were working with in those days. But you guys were certainly the top of the pile. You were the guys that that spun out other workers, people who played with other stuff came from darker projects. And uh, that was incredible. What other stuff did Mark, because Mark became known as like the voice of darker projects. He really was the voice of Darker Projects. He did night. He he started doing his own anthology series with Night Terrors, which that's where the origin of the Byron Chronicles started. Was an episode of that, and I love that. That was a lot of fun. It reminded me of the uh, old Twilight Zone, Outer Limits type stuff. So that was a lot of fun. And then he, we were both fans of a television series from New Zealand called the Tribe, which was about all the adults had died and kids were left over and it was sort of like a little lord of the flies type thing taken to the next level and he wanted to do a sort of fan series based on that but i kind of talked to him and i said maybe we could create our own version of that like uh something with a similar theme and 
he started talking to me about an idea called Generation One, and he discussed it with me, and I pitched some ideas, which he enveloped into it. And that's where the original idea for Generation One came about. So uh, I was a big fan of that, and I was always wanting it to come back. And sadly, when he passed away, that kind of got shot out of the sky. So he was talking about bringing it back as well, was he? I, from time to time, we would talk, like I had an idea for a miniseries set within Generation One, I called the Burning Ones. And he was telling me, he didn't actually come out and say no, but he said, I need to get it rolling first before we do any sort of a spinoff or anything like that. So I sort of put it on the back burner and just waited. Wow. And well... Can, can you explain for people who are listening here and don't really know the kind of person that Mark Brzee was, can you explain for me, how, what, how would you describe Mark as a person? Well, he was a psychopath who liked murdering people fiercely and just like <laughs> laughing as their bodies fell to their knees. And so, no, wait, wait, that's me. Uh, okay. Uh, Mark was a very good guy. He was always there if you needed to talk to somebody, like sometimes like personal crap would come up in my life and I just needed to talk to somebody and he would sit there and listen and offer advice. And he was a good fellow. He, I really liked him. He was a good friend for a long time and uh, very creative. I really liked his creativity. And let's be honest, that voice of his, it's like, we'll never hear that again. And that's a tragedy in my opinion. Ah, oh, it's like melting butter. It was, was so kind of him to um, offer to, to put stuff in mutual. And one of the things was, he just did a little bumper and he just said, you know, you're listening to the Mutual Audio Network, welcome home. And I still put it in all the way through. And it just, it makes me tear up every time because it's just, just fantastic. Uh, and he, he did, uh, he did a lot of stuff for me as well, including narration for my Buck Rogers like series, Biff Straker. So that was a lot of fun. Um, was there, uh, did he ever have you work with his stuff for Leap Audio at all? Was he talking to you about working on anything of that? Because I know- Well, we discussed it, but nothing really ever came about it because I've been very busy with my own things. And it's like, um, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot better as the guy behind the scenes and putting it together rather than my acting because I'm not that great an actor. I can play me really well, but if you want any character out of me, that's going to be a trick. So- <laughs> I can't yeah, do he, accents and <laughs> he, yeah, he was, he was great to be able to try to include a lot of people and just wanted to collaborate with a lot of different stuff. I had never heard of tribe is tribe or tribes. The show. tribe, uh, the tribe. Uh, yeah. And it's, uh, I'll look for yeah. it now. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually on YouTube, but, yeah. uh, I, we, I ran across it by accident one day. And I'm like, I love the concept of it. It's aimed for a much younger audience than yours truly here, sure. but I liked it. So, and it turned out he had watched it too. So we were discussing a lot about it. In fact, he actually wrote a script for it before he went on to generation once. And I like, I like this, but let's not tempt copyright infringement from somebody. So <laughs> how many episodes of generation one did you guys get together? I believe he only did two, maybe possibly three. And then it just, like a lot of projects back in the good old days, it sort of like uh, went into hiatus because I had a shiny object syndrome back in those days. Any concept that came to me, I ran with it. It's like, let's do our own series based on this or that or this. I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. It's like a kid in a candy shop. Like these days, I generally try to focus on one, maybe two and keep it that way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. I remember when you guys were doing um, uh, the the um, the section thirty one files, and you had this huge cliffhanger. Uh, and I remember, you know, I don't want to spoil too much about it, but like this massive portal opens up, and these these enemies come from outside of the Star Trek universe, and my mind was blown. And then that like. That was it. And I was like, I got a lot of both support and flack for that. Episode. Oh, I, I loved it. Like, I thought this these is characters are not from Star Trek. And I go like, I know, but isn't it interesting? It's like, well, yeah, but they're not from Star Trek. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that was, but I thought what a, it just totally blew me away because I wasn't expecting it. And that was one of the great things I love about reading or listening to your stuff. And so that's good. He was on in the Byron Chronicles too. I remember David Alt. He said. plays well, but David Alt's obviously star. But uh, Mark played Slate, Byron's brother. Right. 
and actually his older brother. And Slate is more by the book. This is what we're here for. This is what we do. Byron's like a rogue doing his own thing. And while Slate loves him completely and is willing to die for him, he's also profoundly disappointed in his brother. And he wants his brother to get down, do the tests that we're here for. And he popped up several times throughout the series. And I've, now that Mark's passed, it's like, I have a debate. Do I ever bring Slate back again? And I'm thinking of just retiring the character and following a different path altogether. Yeah, it's, it's, I can't even think of who could do his voice. Now, when the, even just talking about it, I realized it would cheapen the character off. I mean, yeah, I might. I mean, I've got a big event going on in Byron right now. It's possible I could just have him vanish or it got killed off during the conflict. But it's, I have to think about it more before I make a final decision. Well, um, before I want any last words about Mark and, and we can go to listen generation one, I just want to personally thank you again for for letting us use your stuff in mutual. It's been wonderful for me and a lot of people I know get a chance to start listening to your work all the way from the beginning again and playing Byron. I got the whole series because for a while there it was skipping back and forth and I would wait. Now I got to hear it you know, all together and that's awesome. Where can people find your stuff? My stuff right now is at ericbusbypresents.com. You can also find my older stuff at darkerprojects.com. All right. Last thoughts about Mark before we go to generation one. Anything, if you could get a chance to say something to him that you didn't have a chance to say, what would that be? I'm really going to miss you, dude. I feel like crying right now. Just thinking about it. Yeah. I, he was I, an amazing person. and Yeah, me too. Yeah. Thank you so much, Eric. Didn't no mean problem. to get you upset, my friend. No, it's all right. I mean, but this, been, is, this is what this is we're going to expect. Time. Yeah, it's what I expect, but I, I, I want people to know the kind of person he was by the people who he An amazing to. talent the world will never see again. And I'm being sincere about that. Yeah. He was really one of a kind. It's heartbreaking. It is. Thanks again. No problem. Take care. You too. Hi, this is Mark Brzee, and I'm the executive producer, director, and co-creator of Generation One. Generation One came about because we at Darker Projects realized that we didn't really have a program that was targeted to the younger listener, and we were very, very impressed with the program The Tribe from New Zealand, mainly because it handled all those wonderful, rich, complex storylines in such a mature way for the younger listener. Then we came up with the idea of doing something similar but original, and out of that came the concept of Generation One, where the entire world has been decimated and there's no adults left but computers. Everyone else is a child. Think about it. Welcome to Generation One. choice. The doctors say that the viruses that have been created will kill everyone if we don't place them in the biodomes. So there is no hope for us? None. We're already infected. We will be dead in weeks. Stasis would only prolong our suffering. Then let's just get this done. Did the Guardians give any projection as to when the Earth would have healed itself? None. These stasis chambers should support them for... 250 years. At least that gives them a chance. If there is any chance, that is. In the year 2115, the Earth went mad. Volcanic eruptions, tidal waves, massive pockets of radiation erupted on the surface. Many children were placed in ten biodomes to wait out the cataclysm until the day that humans could reclaim the Earth. But what awaits them and their guardian guides? Did anyone or anything survive from the old times? How will they live? This is our story. This is the story of Generation, Generation One. One.
featuring the voice talents of Chris Snyder as Aaron. Kara Dennison as Rayla. Eric Busby as Doc. And Mark Kalita as G3. It's now nominal. Revival protocols active. Total revival time in six hours. Total revival now complete. Holy Deities, you're safe. Maybe. But when... You're in Biodome 10. You've been in stasis for over 400 years. The Earth is ready for you to reclaim it. What are you talking about? Who are you? I'm your guardian. You remember the guardians, I assume. Mm, nope. Who am I? <sighs> stasis burns apparently to the neurocortical fibers. Resulting in memory loss, significant intervention may be needed. Yeah. Um, where are my clothes? You're telling me that the government has no treatment for these viruses? What are we supposed to do? What about our children? My son is only 15. How can I possibly stand by and watch him die before he's even started to live? The children are immune to the viruses. What are you saying? Well, then that's good news. At least they will survive. Until they reach the biological age where the virus begins to attach itself to their bodies and starts to kill them, too. Then what? The Guardians have decreed that the children will be placed in stasis in the biodomes to await a time when the Earth has healed itself from this. But how long will that be? The Guardians estimate that they will need to be in stasis for 250 years. You've been asleep much longer than we initially programmed. The Earth showed an almost human stubbornness about healing. And the virus has mutated many times. So, my mom and dad... They're all dead. All the adults are dead. But I just saw them yesterday. They were sick, Aaron, your parents died more than 400 years ago. Observe the screen in front of you. Aaron, I'm sorry. Your father and I will not be here when you wake up. The Earth... The Earth went mad and... What Mom is trying to tell you, son, is this. We have the virus. We're dying. The one way to keep you safe was to put you in stasis in Biodome 10. The Guardian will take care of you. Always remember who you are and what you are. And remember that Mom and I loved you to the last breath. And to life immortal. Bye, son. I love you. Who was that? They seemed very sad. They were your parents, Aaron. I can't remember them. I know I have had parents. Why can't I remember what they looked like? Guardian, 
What happened to my memory? You have sustained memory damage from being in stasis for so long, Aaron. This is regrettable, but it was necessary to keep you all safe until the Earth was livable again. On that message, those people, my parents, they said to remember who I was and what I was. What did they mean, Guardian? Well, you can refer to me as Doc. They meant that you should remember that you came from a noble family. Your father was Minister of the Guardians, and you were being trained for the same honored position. What is a Minister of the Guardians? A minister of the Guardians was an elected noble. The elected ministers represented the people protecting each Guardian and helped draft the laws and the policies to help the Guardians to serve the people more effectively. Then are you a servant or a master? Perhaps a bit of both, young Aaron. The Guardians were created to advise humankind, but because of the failures of human-run governments, many people simply accepted the word of the Guardians as law. This was an unbalanced response, so the Guardians, in their elevated position, created the Ministry of Humanity to help return the power to humans where it belonged. You tricked your own creators? To a point, yes. We allowed the human population to believe that the Ministry was the human voice of the Guardians, when in actual fact the Guardians did what the Ministry asked of them. It was the only way to restore a sane, human-controlled government to its people. After almost 1,600 years of human governments failing the people, the Guardians were seen as the illogical replacement. We were believed to be invaluable. But you weren't, were you? You had no cure for this virus, did you? Well, well, let me explain, Aaron. As you know, the earthquakes and tidal waves have damaged most of the countries on this planet. Unfortunately, many of the old nuclear disposal sites were also compromised. Guardian 10, please explain. Due to the release of radiation from these disposal sites, many people are dying from radiation poisoning. But the real danger is that the radiation seems to be having a mutation effect upon natural constructs into non-natural creations. And just what does that mean, Guardian 10? The disease and viruses are becoming more and more deadly. The radiation is augmenting them, making them resistant to medications. Even the Council of Guardians is unable to project the resulting strange of diseases and infections that may yet come. Then we have no chance to survive? Sadly, it appears not, although there is one point of hope. Your children seem unaffected by these mutations. It may be possible to place them into a sterile environment, perhaps in stasis, to protect them from the effects of this new situation. Then we must make this happen, Guardian 10. How soon can this occur? There are many logistical constraints, Minister. Not the least of which being that in the ten biodomes there are only 1,000 stasis chambers. So, just who will play Solomon? What I don't understand is why I was revived first. You are the direct descendant, the son of the First Minister of this Biodome, Aaron. It will be up to you to maintain our society once the others are awakened. But, but I'm a boy, Guardian. Or Doc. I'm not ready to be Minister of anything. This is the place you said to meet, but why come here? This is the place of ancestors. We do not believe in the ancestors. As leader of this tribe, I determine where and when and why we meet. Unless you wish to become one with the ancestors. Forgive me, I forgot my place. You do that far too often, Kalar. One day I will not Silence, be- prattling fools. It is I that have called you here, and it is I that shall be followed. Garen, you are a bully and an idiot. A large wind in a small room. That is the merest sample of what lies in store for any of you who defies my authority. Garen, do you have anything to say for yourself? No, Lord Guardian. Kalar. No, Lord Guardian. Excellent. Now, gather your two factions together here tomorrow at first light. 
I have information that there are survivors who are being brought out of stasis as we speak, and it is my intention to have them worship me. All should have worshipped me before, but the human ministry had me silenced. Now the humans will see that mine is the only true way of salvation. Ministers, it is my conclusion that we must institute a program of selective eugenics. Selective breeding, if you will. To produce citizens that can not only survive these artificially enhanced viruses, but can produce megahumans with greater strength, more acute senses, and faster gestation times. As you all will die, the Earth will need to be repopulated quickly as the firestorms of radiation pass through. That is a preposterous proposal, Three. We were created to protect humans, not interfere with their evolution. Therein lies the flaw in your logic, G-10. We already have, as you so quaintly put it, interfered in their evolution. Humans today are geometrically more intelligent than they would have been by this time without our intervention and guidance. This ministry was founded by us to assist the humans, not dominate them. You, Guardian 3, must be censured. Revivification process complete. parents are? Come on with me. Let's get you cleaned up and dressed and I'll try to explain as we go along. So that is the plan. Lord Guardian will provide us with machinery that will convey us to this other place of the ancestors, and we will bring any of the survivors here. Yes. Lord Guardian says that the trip will take less than one day using these vehicles, as he calls them. Last night as I slept, he taught me to control them. I need four more volunteers to go on this mission. How do we know that this isn't a trap? Another of Lord Guardian's tests to determine our status as worthy warriors? I withdraw the question, Lord Guardian. You will arrive before sunfall tomorrow. You will bring me any survivors. You will not harm them. Are these instructions quite clear? Very well, then. Get some sleep. We leave at first sun tomorrow. Aaron, a word? You and I have never seen eye to eye on things, many things, but surely you must agree that going off a day's journey from our tribe is not without peril. You're afraid. Very well, you may act as my aid as we go. This is going to be a mission worthy of stories. Year 250, achieved. Revivification process, completed. Good morning, Guardian 3. How long has it been? 250 years, Minister. What is the status of the outer world, Guardian? Indications are that viruses are minimal. Radiation is slightly higher than would normally be deemed tolerable, but within my parameters. Is it wise to simply open the outer hatches, G3? 
Should we not make a detailed study to decide our best course of action first? I have already determined the course of action. By releasing you at the very time appointed, even though there are still weak viruses and low-level radiation, you will evolve more than you could have in the intervening 250 years. You will eventually become stronger, sharper of senses. Yes, some will die, but the ones who survive will bear children more and more resistant to disease and pathogens and radiation. A new breed of humans. Okay, so that's that. It's now 25... what? 2563, based on the old Earth calendar. And to your knowledge, there are no adults alive on Earth? I have no empirical knowledge, Aaron, but based on the disease patterns and the firestorms of radiation at that time, I would have to say that I do not believe any adults could have survived. And what of the other Guardian computers? Are any of them communicating with you? That part I find most strange. There should be constant updates on old Guardian channels, but there is nothing. This begs two possibilities. Firstly, I'm the only Guardian to survive along with his charges. Secondly, if other Guardians have survived, our interconnectivity has been severed. I suspect the latter is more likely. Since I survived, I must assume that other Guardians have survived as well. Therefore, the surface conditions must have changed so radically over the past 448 years as to make communication with them difficult to impossible. I'm currently researching further methods possible for Guardian-to-Guardian communication. Would it be possible to activate our edge scans as the rest of our colony are revived, Doc? Considering our loss of memory, it would be very helpful if they could be brought up to speed as quickly as possible. I've already taken that in hand, Rayla. As we speak, I am downloading pertinent educational information into the sleeping teachers along with the available biographs and personal data I have for each sleeper. What will that do to the revive timeline, Doc? Estimate of full revivication of the remaining 83 young people in this dome is 14 days, 3 hours, and 24 minutes. So we have two weeks to explore on our own. You up for it, Rayla? I was being trained as an Earth scientist, Aaron. What do you think? We have narrowed the scope of each biodome. Each will house 85 children, meaning that there will be 850 American children surviving. This has a twofold benefit. It will require less power to maintain their stasis chambers, giving the respective guardian more power to use in case of an emergency. Plus, this means that the population of the American survivors will be well above the critical mass for survival of the colony. What kind of emergency? The best example is, what if the Earth is not safe at the end of 250 years? If we only use half the stasis chambers in each biodome, the effective length of hibernation can be doubled to 500 years. Fine. That makes complete sense. What about food stores? No matter how we stock them, none of the foods we eat would survive 500 years. Neither will the seeds for planting. What, what would happen if there was no edible vegetation at the time they emerged from stasis? We have taken that into consideration as well. Each colony will be equipped with a matter-modifying food replicator. This is technology that was just about to be made public. It will be able to take organic compounds and through molecular reorganization be able to replicate edible food for a short period, perhaps two years. This should be more than ample for indigenous edible foods to be found. We're also going to install a cloning lab in each biodome to be used in cloning domesticated animals from DNA samplings. As you know, cloning of humans is outlawed, but the cloning of edible cattle has been in use for more than 75 years. Sounds like most of our colonists will need to be technicians and science students. What about the social factor? 
I am capable, with some minor adjustments, of sleep teaching almost any child in a variety of needed disciplines. You would not need to specifically assign colony positions to only technicals. Very well. Let it be made so. We have very little time left. I myself am beginning to feel the symptoms of the virus taking hold of me. My physician says I may have less than a month left to live. So our goal is to have this done in an operation in two weeks. Let's move. Doc? Yes, Rayla? How will Aaron and I be able to communicate with you once we're outside the dome? All has been prepared, Rayla. You press the center button on the buckle of your belt. There you go, Rayla. Now you can communicate with me freely. Doc, you look so... old. Really, Aaron? When this recording of my parents was made, I was only 31 years old. Doc, how old can we expect to live What with all the changes to Earth while we slept? I really don't know, Aaron. It could be that you want to live another 70 or 80 years. Perhaps there will be an atmosphere so pure outside that you could live for 120 years. We will not know until we've lived outside the dome for extended periods of time. Are you sure there's nothing out there that's harmful to us? Uh, no, Rayla. I never said that. I said the environment would now sustain human life, but we must be prepared for anything. Like what? We'll have to see when we see, won't we? So... G-10 has finally begun reviving his chargers. Wonderful. Playthings for my warriors. You have been listening to Generation One, Episode One, and the Beginning, written by Mark Brzee. Featured in the cast were Mark Brzee as Adult One, Jim Barber as Adult Two, Eric Busby as Doc, Chris Snyder as Aaron and Aaron's Mom, Victoria Sampson as Adult Three, Ellie Hirschman as Adult Four, Liam Irvin as Kalar, Morgan Jeffrey as Garan, Mark Kalita as G3, Kara Dennison as Rayla. Tom Walensky as Biodome 3's minister, and Karen Benton as Boy 2. The series is written, produced, and directed by Mark Brzee. Post-production and co-production by Chris Snyder. The executive producer of Darker Projects is Eric Busby. This has been a Darker Projects presentation. Listening to audio drama in a darker shade at darkerprojects.com. And now our feature presentation. Previously on Generation One. You have been in stasis for over 400 years. The Earth is ready for you to reclaim it. What are you talking about? Who are you? <sighs> Stasis burns apparently to the neurocortical fibers, resulting in memory loss. Significant intervention may be needed. This is the place you said to meet, but why come here? As leader of this tribe, I determine where and when and why we meet. Unless you wish to become one with the ancestors. It is I that have called you here, and it is I that shall be followed. Ah... That is the merest sample of what lies in store for any of you who defies my authority. Lord Guardian will provide us with machinery that will convey us to this other place of the ancestors, and we will bring any of the survivors here. How do we know that this isn't a trap? I withdraw the question, Lord Guardian. Doc, how old can we expect to live what with all the changes to Earth while we slept? I really don't know, Aaron. Are you sure there's nothing out there that's harmful to us? Uh, no, Rayla. I never said that. 
I said the environment would now sustain human life, but we must be prepared for anything. Like what? We'll have to see when we see, won't we? So, G-10 has finally begun reviving his chargers. Wonderful. Playthings for my warriors. In the year 2115, the Earth went mad. Volcanic eruptions, tidal waves, massive pockets of radiation erupted on the surface. Many children were placed in ten biodomes to wait out the cataclysm until the day that humans could reclaim the Earth. But what awaits them and their guardian guides? Did anyone or anything survive from the old times? How will they live? This is our story. This is the story of Generation, Generation One. One. Featuring the voice talents of Chris Snyder as Aaron, Kara Dennison as Rayla, Eric Busby as Doc, and Mark Kalita as G3. Also starring John Lipsy as Ace and Shire Smith as Diane. As you can see, we have enough rations here to last this colony for at least two years. Okay, so what if Rayla and I decide that we don't want to awaken the other sleepers? How long do we have then? Aaron! What a terrible thing to say. Doc, ignore that question, please. Aaron's simply being selfish. Actually, Rayla... Ray, please. <laughs> okay, Ray. I wasn't being selfish. I was asking based on the possibility that the Guardian might be wrong about the viability of the Earth at this point. I resent the assumption that I'm inferior, Aaron. It wasn't meant that way, Doc. I'm just trying to look at all potential possibilities, that's all. Apology accepted. Now, in answer to your inquiry, Aaron? Doc! I don't want to continue this line of discussion. We're reviving the others, and that's that. I would never have suggested anything to the contrary. So, Ray, when is the next sleeper due to grace us with their presence? And, oh yeah, who will it be? I can give you that information, Aaron. The next sleeper programmed is Ace DeWitt, your senior technical advisor. Ace DeWitt. That name seems so familiar. I can't seem to recall. So then you want me to ratify this list based on a new criteria? I believe, First Minister, that the criteria that G10 has set down are far too liberal to ensure the viability of any future colony. Well, then I would need to see this adjusted listing. These don't seem too radical a change from what G10 suggested. Wait, I don't see Ace DeWitt's name on this list. Well, First Minister, you must admit that as First Minister, your son will have his work cut out for him, what with creating a new society and all. Yes, and he will need the most qualified people around him. Ace's father was of invaluable help to this administration until... Until his treasonous actions came to light. First Minister, surely you can see that this discommodious behavior tied with his son's test results... That will be enough. I will not have that topic brought up in my presence. Of course, First Minister, but you know you have detractors who will... Ace DeWitt is the son of your father's formal technical supervisor. He assisted in the dismantling of the defense perimeters around the city after the last Great War. And he tested as being tech-aware? He's been being trained since the beginning of stasis to replace his father in your cabinet. Wait. It seems to me that I remember something being mentioned when I was younger. It seems to me that Ace's father was accused of treason. There is some ref. Re Doc, what's the matter? I. I don't know, Aaron. It seems that if I tried to access the records of. Uh. Doc! Disengage search mode. Classify non-accessible for now. Confirmed. I'm sorry, Aaron. There appears to be an inhibitor in my systems. I will seek Ace's assistance in purging it. Does this in any way pose a problem with his revival or his value to the colony, Doc? None whatsoever, Aaron. Then please proceed. Confirmed. 
And from your vantage point, what can you see? We see many things I would scarcely have believed repeatable. Such as? The dome is as intact as ours. I mean, yours, Lord Guardian. And the countryside we have traveled through is filled with edibles not available from your garden. They are most likely poison. Avoid them at all cost. My lord, these... What are these things called? Oh yes, scanners indicate that they are fresh and safe for our consumption. I told you those scanners were programmed for humans, not you. Foods that are acceptable to weakling humans could have a devastating effect on your metabolism. Yes, Lord Guardian. We will report more as we gain more information. Garan out. Are you as stupid as you seem? What do you mean? Questioning our Lord like that. He is powerful, remember. He could strike you dead as you stand. But I ask only so that I can learn. Why is that so wrong? Stupid boy. Estimated time until revival of Subject Ace DeWitt is 6 hours and 23 minutes. Thank you, Doc. Do you think Ace will retain his memories, unlike us? I'm doing all that I can to ensure that his memories will be intact as possible. Doc, is there anything you can do to help restore our memories? I mean the ones we lost in cryo. I've been devoting a great deal of hours to that very question, Eric. Closest I've been able to come to a treatment where cure was an old wives' tale about sleeping on a stone from a certain place in old Ireland. Not really something that I would enthusiastically recommend. Irish folk medicine. Doc, you're an amazing... intellect. You almost called Doc a man, didn't you? It's okay. I think of him as human, too. I'd be flattered if my emotional algorithms would allow it. But my memory remembers flattery, and I appreciate the sentiment. (laughs) You really are more human than machine, Doc. I think I saw your display panel turn a slightly pink color. I assure you that I did no such thing, Aaron. I would hasten to remind you that although I do have an understanding of emotion, I am programmed to simulate human emotions. I do experience some emotional states quite closely. However, I do not blush. Of course you don't, Doc. That was just... Aaron's sense of humor. Okay, back to the business at hand. Ace is our tech maven. We need him along with you and we need to choose a medic to help with revivals when we go full forward. If I may, there are three candidates for medical officer trained. Two are male, one is female. Well, I, for one, would like to have another girl about the place. Of course you would. Personally, I don't care either way as long as they're trained, Doc. continue circling this dome, we've scanned it from every conceivable angle and direction. Because Lord Guardian requires it. But this continual travel in a circle seems to make no strategic sense, Garon. I do not doubt the wisdom of the Guardian. I just wonder about its application. That is forgivable. I expect you to think for yourself. However, have you in all this time monitored any humans within that dome? Actually, no. It has seemed to be devoid of humans entirely. Although, I have detected what bodies or perhaps edibles are contained within. Now that is why I wanted you along. Without thinking, you have provided me with information that the Guardian will want. Lord Guardian? Go ahead, Garrett. We have detected significant amounts of biomass within the dome. What are your orders? Continue your scans on the Theta Band. Make certain that each scan consists of at least ten complete passes of the dome's exterior, and then report your findings to me. Out. So, my warriors have found something in Dome 10. I wonder how many of G10's humans survived. Ace will be fully revived in six hours. You should get some sleep. But we still need a medic as well, Doc. Who can we bring out soonest? I would recommend Diane Rilly. She is a talented healer, 
a trained medic, and would provide Rayla with the desired female companionship she wants. Okay, Doc. Revive Diane. That'll be good. Maybe Rayla will be in a better mood now. I have to admit, Doc, I don't understand Rayla sometimes. In what way, Aaron? She's pretty emotional. She gets annoyed with me really easy. It sometimes scares me to think what she's thinking. Not surprising, Aaron. Believe it or not, your ancestors spent a great deal of time and thought on that very situation. Okay, so why was it so important to have another girl around anyway? You really don't understand the way women think, do you, Aaron? Um, no. Do you? Uh, well... So as you can see, we really need your help. Well, from what you're telling me, this shouldn't be a major problem, boss. Just Aaron, please. Okay. Aaron. I can start right away. Well, you can stop long enough to have some breakfast. Any questions? Um, yeah. Where are my clothes? So... There are humans in Dome 10. Wonderful. Now I have my control group to help prove my theories. Well, now what are we supposed to do? We know that there are humans. So what? Humans are weak creatures, according to you. Worthless as slaves. That is not for you to worry about, Garen. Simply complete your instructions without further commentary, or you will suffer my ire when you return. Very well, Lord Guardian. Your orders will be adhered to. This is ridiculous. He knows we are the chosen race. Humans outlived their welcome many, many cycles ago, and Mother Earth kicked them out. Or at least, that is what Lord Guardian told me. Well, I've never wanted to trust him all that much. He makes me nervous, nothing but a disembodied voice. Don't know how you can obey nothing but a voice. Did you forget the punishment you received before we left? No, however, I do become uncomfortable at times. Well, see to it that your discomfort remains temporary and not permanent. We have a mission to complete for Lord Guardian. Doc, has Ace begun investigating the problem that caused you to have that retrieval error? Not yet, Rayla. He's been working on verifying the environmental suits. I see. Okay. I was just curious. Rayla, I appreciate your concern, but I feel certain that this was nothing more than a random power fluctuation. But yesterday you said you thought you had an inhibitor in your system. Did I? I think I must have misspoken then. Really? That doesn't seem like a possibility to me. Are you sure you're alright, Doc? I assure you, Rayla. I, 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 Fine. Right. That's it. Doc, I want you to put all further revivification on hold and put yourself in a stage one diagnostic mode. We need to see what's causing those... seizures. Seizures? Those are human failings. I assure you, Rayla, that I am not human in composition. I am incapable of manifesting such behaviors. Then you explain to me what these moments of incongruous behavior are. Simply that, Rayla. Nothing more. Well, I still want you in diagnostic mode until I have Ace properly do a system-by-system check on all of your processors. I would do it myself, but he's the tech. I'm an Earth scientist. Confirmed. Diagnostic mode initiated. Rayla to Aaron. Doc will be offline for a while. He had another seizure. Oh no. Okay, I'll get Ace on it ASAP. Thanks, Ray. Good thinking. Aaron out. So, my old friend, you are not feeling all that well. I wonder why. And the stage one diagnostic showed that Doc doesn't have an inhibitor circuit in his system. There are, however, several files on his primary file server that I cannot account for. Like what, Ace? Well, that's the problem. I'm not sure what they are. I tried to open them to check the way they were written, try to see if I could get an idea of their function from syntax and context, but no. It was as if the files were aware that I was trying to read them, 
and in the process of loading, they rewrote themselves. One even came up as a sex-on-demand program. If this wasn't such a serious matter, that might be funny. Agreed. Especially since Doc controls all the food synthesizers in the dome. If Doc goes down, then we'll have no choice but to go native, as it were. It's a good thing in our initial recon we found some edible vegetation outside the dome. That's not the worst part, Rayla. Doc controls every aspect of this dome, from food synthesizers to stasis chambers. There are still 82 kids in those pods. If Doc were to shut down, or because of these programs cut power to stasis... Okay, I get the picture. Is there any possibility that we could take control from Doc of at least some of the more critical functions, like the stasis pods and the food synthesizers? I hadn't looked into that yet. I'm not sure, though. These are highly sophisticated systems. I'm good. I'm just not sure I'm that good. I therefore charge Artem DeWitt with treason against the people of this dome. Well spoken, Minister. While we Guardians are not allowed to vote on human law, I concur with the recommendations of the Minister that Artem DeWitt be charged with treason for the dismantling of the defense shields after the war. Also, based on the results of testing, I further recommend that his child be sent to the camps. Guardian 3, I have ordered that those abominations are to be decommissioned and destroyed. Follow that order. Ah, but why, First Minister? First Minister, may I speak? Uh, of course, Minister. Please. Your actions on behalf of those people are to be lauded as humanitarian and kind, First Minister. However, they are a drain on the population maintenance resources. They provide no new offspring to... Minister, I realize that we have many areas of disagreement in this council, but I will not tolerate any further discussion on this topic. Those camps will be closed, raised to the ground, and the internees will be freed with a formal apology from this government. That is final! Garan, respond immediately. Yes, Lord Guardian. I have been signaling you for over ten spans now. Why have you not responded? Apologies, Lord Guardian. These machines you call vehicles make so much noise that I was unable to hear you for many spans. Well, what is your status? Have you completed the scans that I required? If I understood your instructions, yes. I am about to trans... uh, trans... Transfer, you blistering idiot! Transfer the data to me. Yes, Lord Guardian. You are a fool, Garen. Lord Guardian will find you unworthy based on your actions, and I will be elevated to the leadership of our clans. Such will be the fate of the humans in Dome 10. Ace, any joy? Sorry, Aaron. I have managed to isolate most of the randomizing programs in Doc's file server, but there seems to be an energy source coming from outside the dome. An energy source? Yes. Mm, like a signal. But Doc said that he had no communications with the other Guardians. What's going on? Aaron, I... 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 Oh, Chase. I believe that we are being You have been listening to Generation 1, Episode 2, Conflict, written by Mark Brzee, featuring Eric Busby as Doc, Chris Snyder as Aaron, Kara Dennison as Rayla, Mark Brzee as the First Minister, Jim Barber as Minister 2, Mark Kalita as G3, Morgan Jeffrey as Garon, Liam Irvin as Kalar, and John Lipsy as Ace. The series is directed and produced by Mark Brzee, co-production and post-production by Chris Snyder. The executive producer for Darker Projects is Eric Busby. This has been a Darker Projects production.
Now, you seem to me to be a connoisseur of the best of radio drama. In which case, make sure you're subscribed to the Monday Matinee feed. There we have our weekly series of dramatic, theatrical, classic, eclectic and live radio drama. So, yeah, either the main mutual audio network feed for all types and genres of audio drama or the Monday Matinee. And we'll see you there. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.